0: You know, Bob Kyle throughout this country, the Great American Bash is a fever pitch. The Nature Boy, Ric Flair, comes out here and he talks about the many great things that is before him, 14 of the greatest competitors in the world. Nature Boy, the only man to ever walk into Hemsley Palace with a T-shirt and jeans on while everybody else was standing in line to get in. And they said, yes, sir, Mr. Rhodes, come and sit down. That's the American dream, that's the Rhodes. That's the wine and diner with kings and queens. That's the man that rolls in the mud with the brothers. That's the same guy, and 13 other men try hard, try long, but no Ric Flair. That one man, the American Dream, becomes world champion, doing the Great American Bash, the hottest ticket in town.
1: Welcome to the Wrestling House Show Super Show. My name is Chris. And my name is
2: Joey Whitehouse. <laughs> welcome
1: Welcome to another in our ongoing series of retro reviews. We are back in nineteen eighty six. We are back at the Great American Bass, Joey. Wow, we are? Yeah. This,
2: this is uh, this is like that uh, Denzel Washington movie, um uh Training day. There,
1: sure. okay. there we go. Uh, of course, if you missed our other Great American Bash in 1986 episode, you can go to cnjradio.com to listen to that, because we talked about in that one, you will get that joke that Joey just had about what is going on and what just stopped me down, and you will also know that in that episode we talked about possibly this being a sequel and possibly us just re-airing that previous episode because on that Great American Bash which happened in early July of 1986 we saw a lot of the same matchups or similar matchups they were going to talk about tonight in this one which happened in Greensboro, North Carolina, Greensboro Coliseum, July 26th, 1986.
2: Everybody got that? Yes. Okay. All right, let's do this.
1: Uh yeah, so it's the same deal, this was a show is part of a series, and we did our wiki research prior to doing this episode. Yeah. This was the next to last Great American Bash of 1986, whereas the one we talked about just three weeks prior was the next first Bash of 1986. Yeah. So all of these happened within like about a month. Uh or, Yeah, about a month of each other. Yeah, I was, I was saying it was with...
2: like it's like G one now. <laughs> sure, <laughs> it's crazy. Um but... And, 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 and G one, to be fair, like. Yeah, they use the world champion, but he doesn't defend it every night. No, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Ric Flair's a beast, man. <laughs> right? Yes.
1: But this is so. This was basically a series of really big house shows. Is kind of how I see yeah. it, yeah. because it looks like I've, we can we've only seen the two that we're going to be talked or we have talked about and will be talking yeah. about on this one. But like I said, a lot of the same matches, a lot of the same shtick in the matches, a lot of the same setups. The matches flow very similarly. Some of these do. And yeah, you'll hear about it, um, and we'll talk about maybe little differences and things like that.
2: Yeah, right off the bat, I kind of don't have as much excitement going in that right. I did the other one. Not that I even said I went into that first one with low expectations, yeah. but I'm already kind of bummed out that we're not in a fun-looking outdoor, you know, sure. ball stadium, and we're just kind of in a, you know, in an old coliseum, which is fine. I love old coliseum looks, yeah. but. You know, right off the bat, I'm like, oh, we're not going to get skydiving, we're not going to get helicopters, <laughs> right? No lasers. Yes. Well, there's no lasers anyway in right. 1986, but yeah. yeah. So I'm hoping that maybe there'll be something different and unique to make up for all that. Yeah. So let's hope this isn't a poor man sequel. I will ask you that at the end of this episode, Chris. right?
1: Another thing we will not be getting again is no commentary. So this is another one, uh, professionally shot and edited, but no commentary. So, make your own commentary as you watch it with a friend, which is what we suggested on the last one. Suggested again tonight, but the first matchup is, once again, Mr. Electricity. The self-proclaimed Mr. Electricity. (laughs) The ring announcer for this one, I don't know who he was either, but he was throwing shade on a number of people... Or he was, like, weirdly into some of these other guys. Yeah. So it was the self-proclaimed Mr. Electricity, Stephen Regal, versus the vastly popular Sam Houston, is that yeah. what he said? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And those are quotes, I'm not, I'm not yeah, saying that. It's close but, enough. Yeah, so, it. Was, I don't know, it was weird, yeah. it felt weird.
2: In this corner, this really unpopular piece of crap that thinks he's great. Yeah. <laughs> and in the other corner, this really awesome, good-looking yeah. dude. Yeah. Cheer this man. <laughs> right, exactly. that, that's That's what I heard. That's exactly
1: what he did. <laughs> and, I mean, you, if you looked at these guys, this is 1986, this is Mr. Electricity. He's got the, the beard and the blonde hair, and he's got the flashy pants, and he acts kind of like a jerk. Yeah. But then you have Sam Houston with his superhero Texas cape and everything, and... Yeah the crowd was really into Sam Houston. Yeah. Like he started to take off his chaps and he got a lot of wolf whistles and things like that from the crowd. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you heard the higher pitched uh, crowd noises rise as he started to bend over to take off his chaps. Yeah. And he actually paused and he was like, it looked like Sam Houston was a little confused. It's like, <laughs> yeah. what's going on? I don't know. I don't get this reaction yes. often.
2: Is uh, Sam Houston a malnourished Von Eric, Chris?
1: Uh, yes. Yes. I guess. I don't know. Speaking <laughs> of that, we missed it on the last one. There was that Von Eric kid in the crowd.
2: Yeah, he really looked like a Von Eric. He looked he had like no a,
1: shirt. a Von Eric cousin or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
2: Like he was just waiting to get unbenched. Right. Like, right yeah. in the front row. Yeah. Like that guy doesn't look like he has 30 cents in his pocket. Right. He's in the yeah. front row. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, anyway, we're dancing around this match because there's not a whole lot to say about this <laughs> one.
2: We're two-stepping, Chris.
1: Uh, and the. So, the match itself, would you say this was better or worse than the. Match that Regal had against Denny. Better. Better. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think Sam it was better. Houston's better, yeah. for sure.
2: I, I I, was making a joke there, but he's definitely a better wrestler.
1: Yeah. It, this, the theme in this match was Sam Houston constantly complaining about Steve Regal cheating, and not unwarranted, because yeah. Regal did cheat all the time.
2: I've never heard so openly verbal a yeah. Babyface going, Ref, he's pulling my tights! <laughs> yeah. Just a narkin' on the yeah. guy. Yeah, <laughs>
1: like the entire time. It was Earl Hebner doing the refereeing, and it he did it so much, Sam Houston complained so much that it would give Hebner pause and pause and Hebner had to think about it. Yeah. And I don't know, it was just That part kind of did drag on at times because he kept complaining about it. And even at the end of the match, we're doing spoilers, uh, Regal won with his feet on the ropes. Yeah. Um, And however, Sam Houston knew this, I don't know, because Sam Houston was looking at the lights. (laughs) Earl Hebner was (laughs) looking at the mat. (laughs) Uh, So nobody in the ring actually saw... Regal's feet on the ropes Regal
2: didn't even see it
1: Exactly Because <laughs> Regal was looking Straight down Because it was one of those Like You know after you power bomb a guy And you just push him over And pin mm-hmm. him straight down mm-hmm. It was that But his feet were on the ropes
2: Yeah the old double leg trip
1: Yeah But Houston was so adamant That he knew That Regal had his feet On the ropes the, it looked like Hebner was even going to restart the match at one yeah. point or
2: at least reverse the decision yeah. I've seen it to where like yeah. the ref buys it and just raises the hand yeah. of the good guy and reverses and
1: that's the thing for the in house crowd and this yeah. is basically a house show so yeah. I, I get
2: that I'm trying to get them it. involved and yeah they cheat yeah he totally cheated and yeah. they
1: were all so into Sam Houston and, and in this match I think it was yeah. probably a good idea to do that kind of thing sure but also watching it at home like all these decades later I'm like oh that's dumb so <laughs> it's it's one of those things like I get it's it's fine it's
2: yeah. fun you do kind of have to put yourself some time in their position yeah of course especially something like this that obviously wasn't intended to be broadcast right? yeah exactly yeah.
1: so for for an opener for a show like this all these qualifications yeah it was it was good yeah. But me watching it on my own at, Like at night as I'm about to go to bed This isn't a match I'm going to turn on To like, yeah, I want to watch one wrestling match Tonight before I go to bed This isn't going to be it yeah. So Next up is a tag match It is the Barbarian oh. uh, With Black Bart Teaming up with Black Bart Who is still the Mid-Atlantic Heavyweight Champion yes. Versus the Italian Stallion And Denny Brown yeah, So He's, I guess he
2: had non-title matches the whole run here. Yeah, right, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah Denny
1: is still the Junior Heavyweight Champ as well yeah.
2: Yeah, they said both of the heels were repped by Paul Jones, but I didn't see him out during this match.
1: Yeah, they said the Barbarian specifically with yeah. Paul Jones, yeah. and I didn't see him. No, yeah,
2: no. But you know, if you say Paul Jones at this era, people were like, "Oh yeah, yeah. screw that guy." We know who the bad guy is in this yeah. match.
1: I mean, he was a Paul Jones guy, and we yeah. saw a Barbarian come out later in the night with Paul Jones. Yeah, uh, when the roles were switched, but yeah. uh, he was—I didn't see him.
2: This yeah, week. exactly. He was getting apparently he was getting ready for something later on. Yeah. Yeah.
1: This I I didn't care for this match so much.
2: Yeah, it was it was a glorified squash match. People knew the Italian stallion pretty well from what I can tell. Not so much uh, Denny. Yeah, Uh, but this wasn't his territory. He was a Florida guy, so that's probably that probably didn't Uh, Oh, Was he
1: Florida? I forgot where he was from. (laughs)
2: Yeah, had yeah. the Florida penis wooden gun on the uh, back yeah. of his jacket. I saw it from all the way to the back of the arena. because <laughs> yes. they did a wide shot there.
1: I couldn't tell where the Italian Stallion was from either. No, no, not at all. I it, forgot about that yeah. too until they told me, and then I saw his trunks, and I was yeah. like, "Is that the which flag is that? Is it like Spain or what is that? <laughs> is Is it an Italian flag? I'm making a joke. You
2: Shut up with your face. Jeez.
1: Uh, Barbarian had an easy night though.
2: Yeah, yeah, he had like four moves, but he still wound up getting the pin with the flying yeah. headbutt. Yeah. So yeah, that's half the barbarian matches I've ever seen right. I usually love it when the barbarian actually wins with that flying clothesline but he yeah. didn't do it in this match I don't think he had thought about that at this right. point but uh, yeah it was, was kind of neat seeing the barbarian but that's as far as I took it
1: right so this was a good job on Black Bart for carrying most of this match he really did yeah. <laughs> uh then we got to see a the first of some stipulation matches from throughout the night i was which... gonna
2: say we have had no blood on this yeah, show so far are we yet. gonna finally get some blood
1: talking about blood on the last one uh, stipulations are involved so we will get some blood Uh, Yes, so the first stipulation match of the night was a pole match.
2: Oh. (laughs) Uh, Excuse me, I'll be back after a minute here.
1: (laughs) And it is Baron Von Roschke with Paul Jones, who actually was with Baron Von Roschke this time, versus Manny Fernandez. So, same matchup that we saw on the previous match that we talked about. Uh, But, you know, but I want to pause for a second and let the audience, the listeners, guess... What they think is going to be on the pole in this match. It's going to be a weapon of some sort, maybe. I don't know. Could you qualify that as a weapon? I'm probably confusing the matter now.
2: Yeah, now you are. I right? would yeah. be like, two by four? Yeah. <laughs> railroad spike? A boot? It is none of these things. It is a it is, glove. I was like, this a piece of clothing.
1: <laughs> it is a piece of clothing.
2: It is a regular ass looking yeah. leather glove. Yes. Like, it's not even like a coal miner's glove. Right. Or like one of those oven mitt coal yeah. miner's glove that you see in these kind yeah. of matches. No, it, you you probably couldn't see that if you were in the first row because right. first of all the barriers are like right. you could put a swimming pool in a mansion <laughs> in the in the kind of space they had in this place yeah, by the way there's
1: a lot of space
2: inside so if you're in the front row you can't see that thing right you might as well have flipped the uh, middle finger up on that glove right <laughs> like you have no idea what this is so it's Baron von Roschke's
1: glove that he puts on to do the the brain claw yeah and uh, so. But, uh this match. So, <laughs> it's about like you think it is. It's anything goes. Well, it's not anything goes, I guess, because technically the only weapon you're supposed to be able to use is the thing on the pole. Yeah. And I think they did stick to that.
2: In a sense, although at one point Manny did get to hit Baron in the balls when he was going for the uh, well, pole. Well, sure, yeah. But, and he didn't get disqualified for it.
1: Yeah, well, yeah. I don't know. Matter. Who cares? Rules don't matter. <laughs> but the thing is, so I don't like pole matches. I'm just yeah. going to go ahead and say it. I don't know of a pole match I've ever seen that I've enjoyed like uh, a lot.
2: Oh, uh, the uh, Canadian kid <laughs> the, <what? laughs> getting the contract on a pole or whatever it was. Oh,
1: the the Stampede kid. <laughs> yeah, the Stampede yeah. kid. <laughs> uh, that was fun after the match when you realized who the Stampede kid was. <laughs> But Don't yeah. spoil that We're yeah, gonna, That's no, going to be not, the, yeah. the survey question Stimpede, of the night Stampede Kid is one of my go-to like References, <laughs> I think, at this point But, uh,
2: so Yeah, they're bad, they're bad matches
1: Yeah, because the point is to get The thing on the pole to use As a weapon to win the match, which I don't know. I would feel better if it was more like a ladder match where you get the thing on the pole and
2: the match is over. I was going to say, that's what makes those matches better. At least we evolved the thought of the Royal we. I I mean, uh, By me, I don't mean any of us because (laughs) none of us are in the business. But this kind of match is definitely better now, let's just say.
1: I guess. I still don't like them
2: usually. Ladder matches? I like ladder matches. Yeah, I was going to say, like the ladder match. Oh, I thought you meant the
1: evolution of the pole match.
2: Oh, yeah. No, (laughs) pole... Russo killed the poll match for everybody for the sure. rest of eternity. Yeah. We should probably thank him. Right. But it's such a joke now because yeah. of him. So. But yeah, this doesn't honestly, this doesn't herald any kind of good old day syndrome either. No. Cuz it's just not that good. Yeah.
1: So uh, we're talking about this match way too long. Yeah. Uh Manny Fernandez won the match. The glove never came into play in the match. <laughs> they beat each other up for a while until Baron Von Roschke had the brain claw on Manny Fernandez. He made Manny Fernandez bleed with the claw. Which is awesome. That's how he made him bleed. That was really cool. That was the best part of the match. He had him down, and he was actually about to pin him. Because uh, Hebner, I believe, was refereeing this match. And he was starting to count the pin, and I think he would have gotten it. But he stopped. Roschke stopped, got up, went over to the corner to get the glove... And then Manny just rolled him up after he got up, he, when he was putting he, on the glove.
2: He got a high cross body off the ropes. Yeah. So, once again, he, be, he beat him with wrestling.
1: Sort uh, of, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> Roshky was putting on the glove, and then, so the glove was never used. Yeah, no. It's, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> it's dumb, because the glove was actually the thing that caused Roshky to lose. Yeah. The he distraction took his, of it.
2: literally took his eye off the prize. Yeah. By having his eye on the other prize.
1: So... I didn't like this match. Yeah. Um, it's. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to say about it. This yeah. is not a good start to this show.
2: Yeah, no, it's already a poor man sequel yeah, going in.
1: Yeah. Uh, coming up next is gorgeous Jimmy Garvin versus Wahoo McDaniel in an Indian strap match.
2: The greatest Indian, by the way. And, uh, uh, so, yeah, I'm going to save all of us, including the listeners at home, a lot of time. You have to go back and listen to the last episode. With the exception of Wahoo tripping and falling behind the rail, right. this is the same exact match. Yeah. It starts the same way, the middle is the same, the finish is the same. Same spots. I'm yeah. pretty sure they could do this match in their sleep by the end yeah. of the tour. Yeah, That's the impression I get. It's
1: it's it's a, the exact same thing. Yeah. But the one in Charlotte is better because of what you just said, the trip over the barricade. Yes. That makes it better.
2: The only other thing of note, yes, they both bled. <laughs>
1: Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. So we've already we're four matches in. Half the matches have had blood. Yeah. Um. Spoiler: That's not going to change. Yeah. Like every match after this has blood yeah. in it.
2: By the way, I would have loved this if I'd have seen it uh, in either show. If I right. had attended either thing, I would have loved yeah. this match.
1: These shows would have been fine live. Yeah. If you're with a friend or a group of friends or whatever, yeah. or, or a shirtless Von Eric lookalike, <laughs> or a shirtless Von Eric lookalike, <laughs> or Joey Winehouse, yes, then this would have been a fun live event to go to. <laughs> um. But as far as watching it back, ah, hmm. Yeah. Next up, broken record syndrome here, taped fist match. This is Tully Blanchard with J.J. Dillon in his corner versus Ron Garvin with Wahoo McDaniel in his corner. Even the same two matches back-to-back, because like in the last one we talked about Wahoo having to go mop off the blood off his head with the towel yeah. and then come immediately back out for the taped fist
2: match. Same. So no golf cart. That's no golf that's cart a difference. Yeah. Uh, also, it is the same beginning, mm-hmm. middle, third act whatever Mm -hmm. you want to call it Mm -hmm. the only difference from this in the previous bash review we already did Mm -hmm. is the finish is different yeah and so in the first one just to summarize there was a tease of a double count out and a draw yes but then and we didn't talk about this i'm glad we're able to talk about this now so they were like okay fine sudden death First guy to their feet.
1: Dumb. That was dumb. Was real dumb.
2: <laughs> First guy to their feet wins. Mm. And then Wahoo cheats by throwing the water bucket on yeah. uh, Garvin's head, waking that, him up. That was the
1: smartest thing in the match because by that point, J.J. J. Dillon had already used the entire bucket. He had dumped the entire thing onto Tully Blanchard earlier to get him up. So That's a good point. He didn't have any water and he had already used the smelling salts, yeah. so he had nothing to wake Tully up, yeah. And but wahoo doing nothing at ringside still had all the water yeah. so he was able to get him up yeah. so that was the only smart thing about that yeah. match i'll give a credit for that
2: and dylan throwing a bucket at the ref at yeah because <laughs>
1: <end just> <laughs> yeah because j- dylan was letting the crowd know that that's why they lost is because yeah. he was, the bucket was empty
2: yeah. yeah great manager in that sense yeah. he really saved face from like coming up short at the end there all right but in this match in the second bash that we're reviewing from this exact same month and year yeah uh totally blanchard won yeah With, uh, you know, kind of a wooden brass nut kind of thing. Yeah, it
1: was like some, it looked like a wooden thing that he put over his knuckles. Yeah.
2: Behind the referee's back, and uh, that was it. He he won, even though he staggered and he fell after he hit him. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, I'm tired. Right. But he got up to his feet enough to where he won the match. Yeah, he (laughs) he got
1: up before the 10 count, so it wasn't the sudden death thing.
2: So, more unintended comedy (laughs) that should wind up also in Botchamania Mm. is the announcer after everybody yeah. is pretty much leaving, announced Ronnie Garvin as the winner. Yeah. <laughs> and people cheered. Yeah. They didn't go, <gasps> yeah. or, uh, yeah. they went, yay. Yeah. And it's like, no, announcers can't make the decision. Announcers, right. And then all of a sudden, as soon as he said that, Hebner was like, no. <laughs>
1: the thing is, I saw Earl Hebner talking to the announcer prior to that call. He was ta- he was there for a good 15 20 seconds talking to him before he made that call but he still called yeah. the wrong guy. And then I'm sure he went again and was like, no, the other guy, the other guy that I was just telling you about, like, he's the guy that won. You know what that tells me? What was that? They
2: did the different finish the night before. Yeah, maybe. Like, Ronnie probably won the night before yeah, again. Yeah. So they, it was probably, they were probably alternating that finish yeah. every other night. It was, right. the, yeah, it could have been. if I had to guess, that's, yeah. that's what would happen.
1: And also the fact that Wahoo McDaniel used the bloody towel that he had used on his own head <laughs> to wipe the blood off of Ron Garvin's head at the mm. end of the match. That was gross. Yeah. Next up, moving right along, is the Minnesota Wrecking Crew. So huh. maybe this show will pick up.
2: Well, we've already seen Sam Houston, so it's not going to be Houston Royal. No. Is it Royal and somebody?
1: Uh, No, but they do have an R in their name. They have Ooh. two of them. They're the oh. Rock and Roll Express. Yeah. Oh, actually, I guess that's three, but whatever.
2: All right, classic matchup here. Now, now we're getting good. Now we're getting to at least stuff we haven't seen yet. Yeah. Uh, we've already seen all of these people, but not in this particular matchup, so right. that's a win already. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I like this match. Yeah. You know, classic uh, heel babyface 80s tag team match. Yeah. No complaints here. It was good. Um, yeah, I liked it. The, you know, we are still getting into spoilers here. Yeah. Uh they do go the distance.
1: Yeah, the Bookers liked it so much they put in as much as they could. They went to a time limit draw.
2: Yeah, time limit draw. And this was supposed to be naming a number one contender for the Midnight Express's tag titles. Yeah. But we did not get a clear cut winner here. I'm assuming maybe the very last show in Atlanta they would uh, you know, maybe have a thing where I'm gonna I'm gonna guess that they did the blow off match in Atlanta the you know, the next night or whatever it was. Maybe. And the Rock and Rolls won because within a month they would actually be the World yeah. Tag Team Champions. So there's your postscript to that. <laughs> but other than that, yeah, this is a fun match. I wouldn't yeah. go out of my way to watch it, yeah. but I'm glad it was on this show yeah. uh, following two things that we have definitely already seen. Right. That yeah. was refreshing.
1: Um, and Arnie Anderson bled in this match, so keeping the streak alive. <laughs> yeah,
2: keep your streak alive.
1: <laughs> Next up Hair versus Hair.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> did we just have one of these? I mean, okay, I'm making a joke, but yes. like, you can't do this every night. Like, <laughs> right, because you would think that your, you would ro- run out of people eventually. Yeah, your roster would yeah. just... Just be a whole bunch of bald guys. Yeah. <laughs> the baldies came early in yes. wrestling. I didn't know this. <laughs> but it was,
1: once again, the boogie-woogie man, Jimmy Valiant. He had many Fernandez with him yeah. uh, versus number one Paul Jones with Baron Von Roschke in his corner.
2: Yeah, well, because Roshky's not going to be a part of this match. Uh, I did see him come in the ring, and I thought this was going to be a tag match. like, this is a hair match. I said, well, Baron's taking the fall here. (laughs) (laughs) But no, it's a one-on-one match. Yes,
1: so Paul Jones, Jimmy Valiant. Uh, As far as the match goes, it's about what you would expect from Paul Jones versus Jimmy Valiant. Yeah,
2: Yeah, Valiant, even kind of post-working a full schedule... Yeah. His bit actually kind of became beating up heel managers. So a, this is cool. part for the course. Sure he, fun for him, yeah. yeah, he is to beating up heel managers what Wahoo is to the Indian strap match. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> this is his calling. Yes, he is the
1: greatest Indian. So Shaska Watley did show up later in this match. I'm skipping all the way to the Sure, end yeah. Because he's, he's he's a bald man now, and yeah. he looks good as a bald man. He actually does, yes. Yeah.
2: So he, he's got his Iceman hat and tails on, too, by the way. Uh, he he ice came back parts. afterwards. When he oh. first came to the oh, ring...
1: Yeah. He came just with a chair. Oh yeah, and yeah, he attacked yeah. Jimmy Valiant, and then he went to the back to hide the fact that he
2: interfered. Good point.
1: Yeah, Paul Jones won, and then to celebrate, Shaska had the the top hat and the, the tails and yeah. stuff. So that was great. Yeah, he was he was looking good.
2: Yeah, and you know it's it's weird because this this shows a lot of the hypocritical nature of baby faces, especially back in the day. Yeah. So. You know, the first time around where Watley's getting his head shaved, mm-hmm. the baby faces are holding off the heels outside the ring right. from getting in. And they're like, no, he's going to go through with it. It's stipulation and yeah. rules are rules. And right. so they're going to hold him down and they're going to shave his head. Yeah. This time around, just because of the nature of the finish, even though I'm pretty sure Valiant cheated to win in his first bash mm-hmm. match. But now, they're protesting it. Like, no, well, this course. should not happen. Yeah. It's Jimmy. We love Jimmy. Yeah. yeah, he lost the match, but they cheated. It's like, right. no, you also cheated too. Yeah. <laughs> so, be a man and go through with it. So, finally, Valiant, like, started stomping around like a yeah. child a little bit. Yeah. But eventually, he set his butt down in the chair. Yeah. Now, here's the other problem I have with this. <laughs> right. Paul Jones definitely played up like he was getting satisfaction out of this, and yeah. so were the rest of his charges. But... They didn't get to come in the ring and shave his head. They had to get some suit to do it. Yeah,
1: yeah. I thought that was weird because, like we were saying, the half or more of the satisfaction of winning a hair-versus-hair match is cutting the hair, literally you cutting the hair off your opponent because you hate them and you want to yeah. make them look like a fool. Yeah, it's So like, was yeah. the
2: reason being because Paul Jones was dripping blood at that point? By the way, man... During that match, like, he starts digging in with, like, that spiky foreign object thing on Jones. And within two seconds, you see the blood dripping from his head. There
1: was actually... uh, Paul Jones introduced it to the match. He had it in his trunks and he used it to to punch a couple times but and he also did a little stabbing motion here and there he was good about hiding it from the referee but at one point it fell in onto the mat and jimmy valiant got it and by that point you could see that yeah it was like a little wooden cylinder or something and there was something sticking out of the bottom of it. it it looked like a shiv to me yeah like a little tiny shiv or something like that but Jimmy Valiant had no problems just repeatedly stabbing Paul Jones with it. And yeah, like you said, uh, when he cut him open in the head, it was just like, his hand goes down, he's kind of covering it up, so you yeah. can't see him digging into it. Exactly. But you just see blood start coming down. Yeah,
2: like it's already there.
1: And by the end of the match, yeah, when Jones is at ringside, it's full red face, yeah. and it's down on his chest as well.
2: So maybe that's the rationale, but... but uh, he... everybody bled. I don't... Yeah, exactly. You know. Like, no one cared about yeah. getting someone else's blood on them at the time. Yeah. This is a different time Yeah that, That's all I gotta say But then Jimmy Valiant cries like a baby As he's getting his hair shaved Yeah and he almost tries to put the, he, he doesn't really put the hair on top of his head But he, he like Starts collecting he it He starts gathering it like it's a <laughs> Like this weird spiritual yeah. thing It's just odd
1: Yeah It's like just go with the bald Like it, yeah. it'll take Your hair wasn't that long Yeah he's took already like a couple months Yeah he's so already got this growing. epic beard So yeah. go with that Yeah it's like I say, Comb <laughs> over with the beard It would reach
2: <laughs> Tie it, it up like a much. Like a bonnet Yeah
1: Let's do that you look fine. Uh, and yeah so one of the so we're going way into detail about like breaking down the haircutting but like the cool thing about hair versus hair match if you're especially if you're the bad guy but even if you're the good guy is making your opponent look like a fool. You don't shave their whole head off. You shave chunks out of it and make them look like they're like I don't know they're some sort of victim of some sort of horrible accident.
2: Yeah, now they got to pay money. Yeah. Their own money yeah. out of their own pocket to get a a haircut. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Because I'm sure after... Or buy a
2: toupee. (laughs) I'm
1: sure after the previous bash we talked about, Shaska Wally was like, yeah, they are pretty good. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: Anyway. (laughs) The next matchup was one of the co-offs, Nikita Koloff, with Ivan Koloff in his corner versus Magnum TA. Just a singles match. Yeah.
2: With the exception of the main event, I would say, uh, in this company itself, probably the biggest heel and biggest babyface in the company at this point. Yeah, Like, people really hate Nikita... And people really love Magnum. And what could have been? Because these, both these guys were definitely being groomed to be world champions yeah. at the time. And sadly, it wasn't in the cards for either of them due to two different tragedies. Yeah. Just awful. But uh, it was fun watching these guys work. Yeah, I, I commented on this during the match like... Does Nikita have any percentage of body fat on him?
1: Right. At all? Yeah. He always and he always looked like that. Every time yeah. I've seen him in any of these shows you've been watching. Yeah.
2: Like nothing on him moves. And I usually I'm not a physique guy. Right. But with a guy like Nikita, you have to admire. Like. Yeah. Like, the dedication he had, you don't really, you know, I don't know. I'm not going to speculate on what he might have used to get that physique, but it does not appear that way. Like I said, usually when those guys do it, you see the veins poking out. Like, he's just got a clean-looking muscular body, epic traps, the whole deal. Like, I mean, Nikita was really put together. Plus, he was actually a good wrestler. Yeah, so... Not a great talker, yeah. But you can forgive all of those things. You can right. forgive, forgive that one thing if you have everything else going on, right? Because you can always have a manager, a corner man. Nikita hmm. Ivan definitely filled that role for sure, right? So, but yeah, it, it was it was a good match. It, yeah. it wasn't it wasn't like epic or great, yeah. But I enjoyed it. It, it was, was it was solid, I thought. Yeah, something different from the last show. Once yeah. again,
1: uh, what was not different is that Magnum TA blood in this match. Some <laughs> yes. more blood. It was almost like pointless, like, well, he didn't even need to.
2: No, not in this match, because you you can feel the hatred, and you can feel that the crowd didn't need it. Yeah. That's for sure. They already knew who they wanted to win, so,
1: yeah. But, yeah, so nothing really remarkable about it, but, yeah, it was fine. Yeah. Coming up next is, do you think there was blood in this match? It was an intergender (laughs) six-person cage match.
2: All right, this sounds familiar.
1: Yeah, it does sound familiar. It's a little bit different this time. Mm. It is, again, the Midnight Express with Jim Cornette. Uh, as a team versus different team although baby doll is on the team so that's what makes it intergender but she's yeah. teaming with the road warriors yeah.
2: and, and all due respect to baby doll mm. like road warriors have paul ellering there right. we know paul can work and bump and work a match yeah. i've seen him wrestle many times so this is odd to me like yeah. why wouldn't you just have ellering wrestle cuz people want to see baby doll beat up jim cornette i guess so that, and, there's definitely an intrigue there for sure because yeah. You could basically call this as the same match we did on the previous show. It is. In a sense. With, of course, 100% more Road Warrior-esque offense. Yeah. (laughs) um, uh,
1: But it ended the same way.
2: Ended the exact same way. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, In order to know what that finish is, I'm going to make you go back and listen to the other episode. (laughs) All
1: right. I I will say it was not legal this time either. No.
2: No. Okay. Same finish. So I'm just going to say, yeah, it was the same damn finish. Yeah. Both not legal. Yeah, you're right, Chris. I should have just gave it up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so there's not a whole lot other to say about this match. So we can just go ahead and get into the world heavyweight title match once again in a cage. Yes, it is the challenger Dusty Rhodes ah. facing the champion Ric Flair.
2: I mean hell, man, we we know this by now. The Rhodes Flair feud is epic. It's legendary. Yeah. It the title's on the line. So what yeah. could go wrong? Yeah. Anything go wrong for you in this one, Chris? No, it was good. I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. Not too much at all. It was it was eh, by the numbers '80s NWA cage match for sure. Rhodes and Flair, but I love watching these guys work. I love watching them play off of each other. You feel like they could have practically done this in their sleep. Right. Uh, and this, you know, I tell you what, I'm going to go on a little bit of a referee rant here. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're both making the comment. I think you actually did say it first. Why in a cage match where you can legally bash someone's head into the cage, make mm-hmm. them bleed, uh, hit them on the top of the pole with the cage, mm-hmm. Why, when they're doing the what I call the cheese grater thing on the forehead, yeah. where the guy's like between the ropes in the cage and getting his face rubbed in there to make his head bleed, first of all. Sure. But why is the referee counting to five? I don't
1: know. I don't have an answer for you. It. it was uh, Tommy Young. Was yeah. The,
2: was yeah. So he's counting, and I'm just like, why? No. Does, what, what are they, they, they going to do? Is Especially Flair. Squatting? Like, yes. what's Flair going to do? He's not going to break. Yeah. This classic Flair, and can get out of the match. And fine, Definitely I'll right. lose by disqualification. I'll get out alive of a cage with Dusty, right? Sure, yeah. I mean that 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 just makes no damn sense. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like there's some sort of ego involved with even pulling that in a, in yeah. a match like that. You can reprimand him, but don't count like there's going to be a disqualification right. in a cage match.
1: I think I, I don't know. The only thing I can think of it's the only tool that the referee really has is the count, um, unless you're. Well, either of these refs, Hebner and Tommy Young, they both get physically involved a lot. Yeah. But it should be the only tool that referees have, so I guess that's the only thing he feels like he can try to do yeah. to get him to stop ripping this guy's flesh off his face. <laughs>
2: yeah. This guy has a family, for God's yeah. sake. So, uh, But, yeah, you know, we're talking about these shows and talking about how there was no anticipation of Flair, obviously, dropping the title to Ricky Morton in the previous best sure. show. And But that didn't hurt my enjoyment of the match. I really liked it. About two minutes before the actual finish, I was kind of like, you know, Dusty might actually win the title here. I feel Mm. like he could. It seems important enough. And this was a time where, you know, Starrcade is still, for the NWA, the only closed circuit or pay-per-view thing they're doing. Right. So don't think that the title couldn't change hands here, right. because once again, they're also professionally filming this, so you throw it some of the footage on, you know, the Saturday night show, done deal. Yeah. You can have this title change happen. As soon as I thought that, Dusty wins the title. Right. <laughs> I was like, wow. Yeah. So, you know, that was fun. It was, it was a little unexpected, too, at the same time. Even though I thought it, I wasn't expecting the title to change. Yeah. So it really helped.
1: And the finish came suddenly, and it yeah. was a small package. Like yeah. in this violent cage match, it <laughs> was a small package from Dusty Rhodes. Yeah. That they got the, the pinfall. So yeah. I thought it was cool. It yeah. was well done.
2: Oh, yeah, and of course, it's definitely important to note that both guys did bleed. Of course. Of course. Of course they did.
1: (laughs) So that's eight out of Uh, ten. Unfortunately,
2: Tommy Young did not bleed. (laughs) (laughs) But But, no,
1: did we even mention that, like, J.J. Dillon bled? Uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah,
2: Yeah, at the end of the tape fist match, he got some from Wahoo. So
1: there was not just wrestlers bled
2: tonight. Other people read as well. Yeah, two managers. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, <laughs> that, yeah. I don't think that's ever happened. Right. Can you think of any other show where two managers bled? Even in an ECW show, I don't yeah, think that ever probably happened. probably not. Can't think of any. Man. Well, we'll keep an eye out on yeah. these uh, reviews for sure. Oh, that would have been a great segment for plugging, but... Uh, okay, Chris, we've watched and ranked both of these available to watch on the network. Mm-hmm. These uh, Great American Bloodbath shows. Yes. So, uh, yeah, let's go ahead and rank this one as well and get out of here.
1: All right, coming in at the bottom, number 10, is the second match of the night was the Barbarian and Black Bart versus the Italian Stalin and Denny Brown yeah it's because yeah, yeah. coming in at number nine Mr. Electricity the self-proclaimed Mr. Electricity Steven Regal versus the wonderful wrestler Sam Houston
2: yes very popular with the ladies yes, very
1: popular with the ladies coming in at number eight is the hair versus hair match Paul Jones versus Jimmy Valiant
2: mm-hmm it's
1: because it was a little more fun I guess yeah Coming in at number 7 is the glove on a pole match. Why is that number 7? But we did it, so I'm yeah. sticking with it. Baron Von Roschke versus Manny Fernandez. Yes. So, yeah. I think
2: I think the talent itself yeah, gives it more of a Yeah, that's why we did that.
1: Yeah. Coming in at number 6 was the Indian strap match that we've seen before, but it was still well done. Like, yeah. A good match is a good match, yeah. even if you've seen it before. Yeah. Jimmy Garvin versus Wahoo McDaniel.
2: Is this the barrier right here? Is this the line?
1: I think it's above this because we've seen it before. Oh, yeah. And the yeah. other match was better. Yeah, and
2: you can watch that one and skip this one. Right. For sure. Yes.
1: Coming in at number five is, once again, the taped fist match. Tully Blanchard versus Ron Garvin. Probably ranked a little higher because the finish was different than the previous one.
2: Yeah, that definitely helped. Okay. I, I I think we actually flipped him in the other one. Yeah, but we probably put this so. one We put this one over it for that reason.
1: Coming in at number four is a special challenge match. I don't know. You probably didn't call it that. But it was Nikita Koloff versus Magnum TA.
2: I like it. Because everything else has a given yeah, pretty much from yeah. this point on. So. I, I was
1: looking for the gimmick in the <laughs> write-up. And I was like, it's not yeah. there. So.
2: USA versus Russia. Sure.
1: <laughs> Coming in at number three is the intergender six-person cage match. The Midnight Express with Jim Cornette yeah. versus the Road Warriors and Baby Doll. Yeah.
2: So that one didn't do as good as the last one. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Coming in at number two, the Minnesota Wrecking Crew versus the Rock and Roll Express, the number one contenders match. And that, of course, leaves just Dusty Rhodes versus Ric Flair at number one
2: yeah how can you go wrong it's Rhodes, it's flair it's a damn title change right everybody goes home happy yes so yeah i'm cool with it
1: yes and the the person that probably went home happiest was that woman who like (laughs) kissed the side of magnum ta's face after he was congratulating dusty Rhodes for his title victory and Mm -hmm. then like followed him down the exit as he was walking by he's like dancing behind him oh she had a good night
2: oh she definitely (laughs) did so, yeah, that that was pretty great. Yeah, watch yeah. out for that. The other funny thing to watch out for, I don't know why this made us laugh, but yeah. it is pretty funny to me, is that I guess a fan handed the ring announcer this, like, handmade Dusty <laughs> Rhodes, the American Dream wooden sign. Yeah. They probably spent a lot of time on this, to yeah. be fair. But so they, the ring announcer tried to hand it to dusty Mm -hmm. either dusty blew it off or he just didn't see it yeah so he handed it to ron garvin (laughs) who's right behind him and ron's like what the hell he's got this look at him
1: do that thing where he like does a double take and looks at him trying (laughs) to figure out what it is
2: and the best thing is while garvin's still on camera walking and like you know they're all walking single file back to the back before that lady starts making out with magnum Mm. Uh, Ronnie, I think, hands it off to, like, the Italian style. Like, yeah, here so you that. go.
1: <laughs> so he kind of makes it down the line, I think. By yeah. the time you see the, like, reverse shot of them walking down the aisle, I think it's, like, four or five people down the line.
2: <laughs> it's just like this, <laughs> this, like, really bad game of keep away. Yeah. <laughs> or pass the torch.
1: It was good. I like that. Yeah, that's, that's pretty I mean, It's not as good as fireworks, but it was good. I liked it. <laughs> yeah.
2: they've got something at the end there. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. Both bloodbath shows. Which one do you like better, Chris? Uh, the first one. Yeah, I'm going to go with you on that. Despite the title change... I was
1: going to say, the match I enjoyed the most was Dusty versus Ric Flair. Yeah. But the show overall I enjoyed the most was the
2: previous one. Yeah, because the flair Morton match is good enough to where if you still had to pick one, I could still watch that show for that reason. Right. Yeah, so... So, yeah. Yeah. Watch the first one if you're going to pick between two of them. Yeah. Because they're both like... The first one is three hours, but once again, we gave you a barometer. (laughs) The second one's two hours 40 on the network, so it's a little shorter, but they're both pretty long, especially for what they are. Yeah. That's all right. I would have gotten my money's worth. I I probably, at that point, at that age in my life, I probably would have gotten in for like three or four bucks. Sure. So why not?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. But of course, if you did not hear that previous Great American Bass show, you can hear that episode on cnjradio.com, the home of the Wrestling Health Show, in the entire family of CNJ Radio podcast, Go to our Facebook, which is linked from cnjradio.com. And, of course, our Twitter, where you can interact with us the quickest and probably most efficient way. So go to our Twitter, at How Show, and let us know. If you ended up with that The American Dream wooden sign, let us know. Because it's going to be like an Olympic relay. I want to hold that in my hand, and I want to give it to Joey. And then Joey can give it to whoever he would like them to throw away.
2: That thing should have wound up in Hands Across America. I know,
1: right? (laughs) Bye.